Hello, and welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name is Mattin. Oh, I've got a story to tell today. And my name is Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Hello. Hi. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a while since we last podcasted. Yeah, we haven't casted many pods in the last couple of weeks. No, it's fucking you sure have you know? It's summer, and that's you know, if if you are somebody who listens on the reg, that's just really what's happened. Is it's it's the middle of summer here, and people have vacations, and it's I've it's had Canada, so vacations. we here in Canada we have like four months where you don't absolutely hate being outside. Yeah, and you so just we just have to embrace to, it. Yeah, you just have to really, really go with it. So that's that's what's happened to us. And in all this time, nobody has really given me any challenges, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, you want a challenge? Kev, I've always I want a challenge. Thought you were a little challenged. <laughs> all right, bud. Yes. What do you know about birds? Well, I am pretty well versed in bird law. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you've been flipped the bird quite often in your existence. I have. I have. I, uh, in my in my driving this week, I'm pretty proud of myself that I did not flip the bird to several people who I thought deserved a burden. A good burden. That's a real a bird. A good burden That's flipped a real their burden. way. So I'm getting into a little bit of photography, a little bit of... You have been. A little fun shooting birds, you know? They don't die. You don't feel bad about it. It's not like shooting them with a gun. Yeah. You've captured their... And you got them. You got their soul. Let's let's see what you know. Back to your schmack, Matt. Yes. A pelican can hold about 25 pounds of fish in its pouch. Its pouch? That little mouth pouch? Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Back to your schmacks, oh. Matt. Ah, okay. A great horned owl can turn its head 270 degrees. Hey, I thought it was more, but okay. Well, no, no. Back to schmacks, Matt. Ah! I really like this part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> the longest recorded chicken flight lasted 26 seconds. Uh, raise my eyebrows at you. Yeah. I don't think you know a lot about birds. You don't seem like a nature guy. I really want the chicken one to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, chickens have wings. I've eaten many of them. Yep. They do. They're not. I mean, yeah. I know you hang on to them in in Zelda. They they don't fly, but they can slow you down. They, they so can kind of. They can kind of fly a little. Not a lot. They're not gonna you know migrate south or anything. But they can they can somewhat fly from a predator. They're birds, after all. How about that owl? What do you how do you feel about I think, that owl? You know, this is one where whatever it is, it's going to be a matter of degrees. Pardon the pun, because you know it's going to be. Well, all of them are have some degree to which they are true. It's just how exaggerated is one of them, or or not exaggerated. Listen, I promise that I wouldn't uh, make life easy on you anymore. You did. 25 Ah. pounds of fish. What? Like, where's this guy fishing? I go fishing. I catch like one, 
one pound fish if I'm lucky. Yeah, he's he's got he bigger going? fish to fry. I think it's not twenty five pounds of fish. I think it's twenty five pounds of water and fish. Water is incredibly dense and heavy, so I think that's where that comes from, and that's why. Well, I don't know which one's the fact. I'm gonna which one's go the okay. I'm gonna go with the chicken one because I think it's probably like twenty six minutes. You think a chicken can fly for twenty six minutes? I don't know. Maybe so two you've minutes. won the game, but you've also made yourself seem dumber <laughs> than possible. The so longest the- recorded chicken flight was 13 seconds, you jackass. <laughs> 26. Oh, no, and I'm not even editing these anymore. <laughs> 26 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. I don't you know. Still, you know what? I, you may have won, but I think you still deserve the dunce cap. <laughs> you haven't won. You've sacrificed your sure footing for a killing blow. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, boy. So here we are. I bet we've got a story to tell. Holy shit. Oh, boy. Recently, we've been maybe drifting away from our roots in this podcast. You know, we all started, or, you know, the two between the two of us and our, our partner, uh, Adam, there, we all have our own reasons really for doing this. I can't speak for you, but for me, really, what makes me excited and really drove me to do this in the beginning was so that I could sit down with you and tell you about some horrible medieval shit that somebody <laughs> did a long time ago and watch you squirm as you react to it. All right. So bud. we're getting back to our roots in this one. Excellent. We're going to be talking about events that are going on in the 10th century in Rus, which is Where? modern day Rus which is modern-day Russia, Finland, and the Ukraine. Well, not, sorry, not the Ukraine, Ukraine. Rus. Rus. Yeah, that's what it was called. Okay. Well, you can see they didn't make a big jump from Rus to Russia. No. No, they didn't. You'd almost say that this is like like Russia. Mother Russia. Russia. I I think think it was called Russia. Carry on with your story, Matthew. What do you want from me here? A group of, uh, of Slavs and Finns were at war with each other. And in a kind of surprising fit of reason, they looked around and decided, rather than club each other to death, why don't we invite a strong Viking king to come in and just basically take us both over and settle our disputes, and rather than being at odds with each other, wouldn't it be better if we were just like both serving under the same ruler and that guy could figure out who's wrong or whatever. What? That's a, that's an absolutely terrible idea. I don't think that works out well. Oddly enough, it's kind of seemed to have worked for them. Rerik, which was a Viking warlord, uh, agreed to take them on as vassals. And he sent his man, Oleg, to man the uh, proverbial ship. Hold on a minute. Are you down there? Are you telling me the story of Skyrim? I am not. Okay. Because that's not a real story. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Because I'm pretty sure yes. Oleg was a Skyrim character. Well, I'm sure. Because they took it that all from, like, they took all that stuff from Scandinavian Viking, you know. Sure. Myths specifically. Okay. Culture. Yeah. Now, in 20 years, 
since Oleg got there, you know, he had actually taken control of a large part of Rus. This actually worked out pretty well for, for those Slavs and Finns because they were on in the, uh, you know, well, I actually don't know. Nobody really talks about how that worked out for them, at least in, in the story that I'm ultimately getting to here. But in 20 years, he had taken control of a large part of Rus, including the city of Kiev, which uh, even then was a major center in the area. Now, at some point during this period, Oleg has a daughter. Her name is Olga. Uh, and she married a dude named Igor, who was the son of Ryurik. So they were kind of like a big deal, you know. They're, this is obvious, you know, they've joined the two families. Sure. They're like, a, they're like royalty. Family. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. So Oleg dies eventually, and Igor takes over. And he expands the territory a bit, and really, by uh, by all accounts, he is a. Uh, did you just get a message from our friend too? I did. Yes, I and that's you good. I made watch. Yeah, I made the right decision. That's good. I had a microphone question before we started, and I just had to go with my gut. Um. Pardon me. Pardon me. So, he was a pretty decent ruler, but there was this neighboring tribe, the Drevians. And uh, or Drevlians, sorry. Uh, and he he they decided that the protection that they were getting from kind of a competing warlord in the area was better than what they were getting from Igor. So they start paying their tributes to this guy instead. Igor he doesn't take that super well. So he gathers up his army and he marches up to these guys' uh, territory, their capital city of Iskoristan. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> you know, I love it when you read all these weird names. <laughs> now that just showing up with the army seems to have done the trick. The uh the Drevlians got back to paying Igor their tributes, you know, and he he thought that they were, you know, suitably pacified. But when it came time to collect the next year's tribute, he uh, you know, again thinking they're kind of pushovers at this point, he shows up with considerably less men and he asks for considerably bigger tribute. This is the new dude. This is the new dude, yeah. Now these Drevlians, they uh, they didn't like that that he had raised the stakes so much. So rather than kind of try to barter or or bargain or see what they could do, they just straight up murdered him. Oh, they that's how they people just, used to deal with inflation. Yep, they just killed him. Okay, and not only did they kill him, now in in that time in that area, they they, they did get pretty creative when they killed people, oh God. especially important people. They didn't do it, you know, just, they didn't just behead you or anything like that. So poor Igor, poor Igor there. What they did to him is they, they had a spot where there were two birch trees going, growing that were, you know, maybe 10 feet away from each other. I don't know exactly how far. Shocking. But they're kind of growing in a line. Okay. And they pulled the tops of the birch trees. Oh, did back. they catapult them like Angry Birds? Like they were going to catapult, but like the, like those trees were going to catapult in opposite directions. Oh my god! What? And then they tied one of his legs to one of the oh. trees, and the other of his legs to the other tree. Oh. And then they let the trees go. What? And he was apparently split from taint to head. Oh. Half of them hanging oh. off one tree, 
Now, I have to imagine the head wouldn't split, right? That'd be like a wishbone situation. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Jesus. So they, like, really, really murdered him. Wow. That's, some, that's one of the most gruesome murders we've ever... I think that's probably the most gruesome murder we've ever told on this. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty bad one. Man, they were, now, they were something else back then. Like... They really, you know, were. they they were creative. I'll give them that. Oh, and they would send a message, right? I think that was the idea. Oh, don't dude, do that again. You or, imagine, just yeah, ugh, ugh. totally bananas. Now Olga and Igor did have a son, Sivatslav, uh, or Savatislav, Savatislav. Sorry, uh, but he was time. just Savatislav. <laughs> Uh, but he was just a little boy at the time. He's just a little guy. So just, just like you, to, just a little guy. Yeah, just a, just, just a little, little guy. guy. Just, yeah, yeah, but like actually, up. like, but just like a, an actual child. Um, so Olga took over as sort of regent, you know, like a temporary ruler, a steward, if you will, until such time that her son was old enough. And apparently, she had the support of the army. Everyone is super cool with this now. Well, she's trying to get up to speed on, you know, running her, her this kingdom that she now All right, has. Hold up, hold up, run. hold up, hold up. <clears throat> yes. I need to sum up the intro. Okay. So these two groups are fighting. Yep. Okay. They bring in this. That's more just to establish Olga's lineage. But yeah, they bring in this guy. They bring in this guy. And he's yeah. like, hey, guys, you know, stop being dicks to each other. You go over here. You do this, whatever. And yeah, they each I'm in pay him now. a tribute. Yeah. Okay. Then, then they go he expands and, the territory tremendously. So now they, they control Kiev. So they're basically, sure. this is the city-state of Kiev and the surrounding areas, and it's controlled by Olga and, uh, and Igor at this point. Right. And they were the guys who were the Vikings that were in. Who's the guy that paid more tribute? It was... The Drevlians are like a separate tribe. God damn it, I'm getting confused already. Yeah. Don't worry about the beginning part too much. That's really just to establish that, you know, Olga is the uh, daughter of this guy who was in charge of basically, you know, he was the tip of the spear of this Viking encroachment into uh, Rus, which started with these two tribes who decided it would be better to just be vassals of this guy, right? Sure. And then his, do- his son marries the daughter of the guy who was in charge. That's Olga in Igor. The Drevlians are a completely different tribe. They're just pe- the people who are basically under the yoke, you know, 20 minutes l- or 20 years later, who okay. wouldn't have been 20 years before, and they're not necessarily so willingly under the yoke. Okay, so so they these guys came under the yoke because, okay, they expanded, yeah, and then they decided to kill them. Yeah. Okay, all right, well, yeah. carry on then. Yep. So Olga and Igor had a son. That, well, sorry, yeah. So she's the steward. While uh, while the sun's growing up and everybody's, you know, super cool while she's getting up to speed on running things in the kingdom, uh, the uh, the Drevlians uh, in one of the most amazing displays of not reading the room you will ever see or hear about ever. They send 20 guys by boat to propose that, you know, seeing that as she's newly single. Maybe they wouldn't, she wouldn't be, uh, maybe she'd be interested in marrying their Prince Maul, who was the guy who had just uh, split her husband in half. 
I mean, he's now the alpha. <laughs> I suppose. Well, Olga told this messenger, you know, or these messengers, to, to go back to, how about this? How about you go back to your boat overnight and let me give it a think, you know? Tell you what, even just to be fun, you know, to show you a little honor. When you come back to shore, row, you, row your boat up to shore. And with, a, with an air of arrogance, she actually told him to do that. With an air of arrogance. Tell my people that they are to carry your boat up to see me. And they'll do that. And then I'll, I'll give you my answer. This will be, you know, this will be an honor for you. My little bit of a hospitality. Like the red carpet. Yeah, that sort of thing. Sure. And so, uh, and they just, just, they did just that. I'm sure they spent the night thinking about how sweet the next day was going to be, how oh, cool it was going to be. to be in a heavy little... ass boat. Absolutely. In the morning, they roll up to shore and they demand to be carried to their boat to see Olga and the city's citizens of Kiev dutifully picked them up and started carrying them towards the city center. I have to imagine though, that these citizens were pretty tired, you know, carrying this boat because you see, they'd been busy. They'd been busy the night before digging a big fuck-off hole. And what they did is they took the boat to the big fuck-off hole, and they threw the boat into the big <laughs> fuck-off hole with the people still in it. What? Olga oh, what, they is... had to carry them in the boat with the people in it? Yeah. Dude, that's that like was the... helping your friend move, and he's sitting on the couch while you and yeah. your buddy are trying to move it. That's the but that's what she move. told them to do. She told them to show up and you know demand to be carried in the boat to the city, you know. And my that's people will do this. That was the. Yeah. So she is said to have uh, got down to the you know on the side of the pit and yelled down to them, "Is this honor to your liking?" And then they buried them alive. Wow. Yeah. So. God damn, dude. Uh, Olga, you know, she's, she, you will, she's keen for revenge. Sure. I will put it, that's putting it pretty, pretty lightly. And that's a, it's a pretty fucking metal thing to do. <laughs> yeah, now, but she but... was, she was just getting warmed up though. Oh God. Next, she sent a messenger, uh, back to the Drevlians asking for 20 of their best men to come to Kiev and accompany her back to, to Iskorsten, the, the capital. For the wedding, which is totally on. Absolutely. I totally agree to this. She's catfishing this dude. Absolutely. And the men were dutifully dispatched. And when they arrived there, Olga refused to talk about marriage at all until these men had a bath. They were filthy. Filthy. And wouldn't you know it, she had baths drawn for them. So she leads them into the bathhouses. You know, of course, for privacy's sake, they got to go in there alone. As soon as they're in there, they barricade the door and just light them on fire. What? They burn the buildings down with them inside them. So there's, I think, uh, 40 guys right there that she has murdered in her quest for, uh, for vengeance. And she probably figured at this point that she'd done about as much damage as she could do from Kiev. She was going to have to go to them to do anything more. She probably wasn't going to get them to send any more people anyways without them asking about what happened to the first group of people she sent. Yeah, fool me once. Or the second, right? So she sends a messenger again saying that, oh, okay, I'm on my way, but you know what? Before before the big wedding, what I want to do is have a big celebration, you know, on the site where my husband died. You know, sort of a funeral and say goodbye and also say hello to the to the to the life that's to come that sort of thing 
and make sure there's just a ton of mead there. There's going to need to be a lot of mead. Everyone's going to be drinking a whole lot. It's going to be a great time. And the, uh, you know, Drevlian's thinking this is probably just like, you know, this is the, uh, the rehearsal dinner before or whatever. This is going to be a great time. They think that's a pretty swell idea. So they send all their, send all this mead out to this site where they had executed this guy, a site which, by the way, was outside the city walls. And a ton of people showed up to this shindig, man. Ton of people. They're having a great time. The mead is flowing. Everybody is drinking. Everybody's down and drinks like there is no tomorrow. Everybody that is in the day. As you do. Everybody that is, except for Olga and her elite group of soldiers. Suddenly, they explode into action in an absolute tornado of violence. They murdered anybody they could get their hands on. It's alleged. Now, I do not think this number is, is personally, I do not think this number is as high as it was. It's alleged that they killed 5,000 people. And just like fucking anybody they get their hands on. This is not soldiers. This is just citizens. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The rest uh, fled back to the safety of, of the city there. So after that... Olga spent supposedly roughly a year. Allegedly. This part's not, you know, the, the chronology of this is kind of disputed. You, you look at one source, they say one thing. You look at another source, they say another thing. So I'm giving you one version of this, but there are other versions the way the story is told. You always have multiple versions, and they always just ruin the better part of the story. Right. I hope so, you're giving me the better version here, not like you're Oh, no, we're not bullshit. doing that. We're not doing that. There's no point in getting into that because they all end the same way. It's sure. just like... There's a specific, I don't know. Anyways. I still want the better of the story. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to give you. Well, fucking get to it then. Well, fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm on my, like, we're doing this, man. All right. We're fucking doing this. So she spends a year traveling around the area, collecting tributes from other people, uh, pacifying the locals. She probably didn't have to do a whole lot after what she's already done. Sure. I'm sure her reputation uh, preceded her. When she returned to Skoristan, they were not so keen on the idea of paying tribute, I think, for pretty obvious reasons at this point. They, she is, uh, she's fucked with them pretty hard. So figuring it's unlikely that she could, you know, fool them in any way a fourth time, she just straight up declared war on them at this point. Now, she was not able to declare war herself as she was the regent, and I don't think a woman was allowed to do that in the society, so she had to get her child son on a horse and have him hoist a spear and throw it just far enough to declare war. But she did that. She put the city under siege for an indeterminate amount of time. Again, I've heard that. I've heard that the city was under siege for a year, and that's what she was doing in that year. I've heard that she was out collecting tributes, and and then she came back and put the city under siege. I've heard she came back, and immediately they were trying to give up. Again, there's three different ways this part of the story is told. doesn't really matter because what's important is what happened next. The city begs for forgiveness. What can we do? How can we make peace? Offering tributes of fur and honey. I don't know what's happened to Prince Maul at this point, by the way. I don't know if he got killed in, you know, during that massacre at the funeral. I got no idea. It's not even really mentioned at any point what happens to him in any of the histories that I was able to to find. I spent a significant amount of time trying to figure out what happened to this guy, and okay. I could not. Well, but, because you've made the effort, I won't point out the poor research that I often do during our... Theme. No, it, it's 
Yeah, I, I, he dies at some point. I'm sure. Okay. But it's, it seems like it's a pretty ignoble end like because a nobody. Uh, point. Yeah. Um, the city begs forgiveness. She sends sends them a counter offer. This is supposedly a direct quote. Give me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. I do not desire to impose a heavy tribute like my husband, but I require only this small gift from you, for you are impoverished by the siege. The Drovlians were relieved, thinking their long nightmare was over. The birds were handed over to Olga and her soldiers. She distributed those birds amongst her soldiers and gave them instructions to... Attach one end of a rope or a string, you know, to, uh, to a, the bird's feet. And then uh, attach the other end to a piece of sulfur with cloth wrapped around it. Thing about homing pigeons, I don't know if oh, you know how they, how they work, is you take them away from home and then they know how to get back there. You can't send them somewhere, right? So they'd just taken all these pigeons away from people's homes and they lit that sulfur on fire and released all of the birds at once. Jesus and they all Christ. flew back into the city and apparently like instantly burned the whole fucking thing down. Every building caught fire all at once. So this or, is you know this is modern day Kiev. Yeah, this is a this is no, this was someplace um no. None of this happened. She's in Kiev. she's from Kiev. She she's from Kiev, yeah. She's Man. inflicted this on yeah. Uh, so anybody bad, who like, didn't die in the fire was was pretty much killed on the way out. Some people were spared and just told that they had to live in the rubble. Damn, Can't dude. go anywhere. You just have to fucking sit there. Like, that's like their that, nose that's maniacal. Like that's like so devious. psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, she was done. Well, I mean, what else can you take from these poor people? <laughs> right. Jesus. So yeah, that is uh, that's the story of Olga of Kiev. But you know, I've I've been calling her Olga, but she she does have a different name. Oh, um, that she's more commonly referred to. I call I've been calling her Olga of Kiev, but she's more commonly known as Saint Olga of Kiev. Okay, hold on. You might be wondering how the hell do you become a person? Yes, became a saint. Well, it has to do with the and Byzantine the plot Empire. Thickens. This is just kind of a postscript, uh, but at the time, the, there there was a split um, with the kind of Orthodox Church and the uh, uh, like Catholic Church, and the Byzantine Empire was on one side of it. I can't remember which, uh, but Olga converted to Christianity to gain closer ties with the Byzantine Empire. She actually, though. Surprisingly, she was pretty popular with the dudes uh, after after all that. Um, she did, you know, kind of field a lot of proposals for marriage. It's amazing that anybody... I oh, mean, yeah, you, you think that's a special circumstance, right? Um, but she never... She did never marry again, uh, mostly because she wanted to keep Kiev's independence, you know, and the, until, you know... And, her son did keep her in charge of the kind of internal affairs while he went off with the army and did did army stuff. So she wound up ruling Kiev, you know, until she died. That's um, insane. One of her potential suitors was actually the emperor of the of the Byzantine Emperor uh, Empire, and she she used a uh, 
kind of bizarre loophole. She she chose him as her godfather when she got baptized, and then when he tried to marry her, she was like, ah, 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 you're my godfather. That's technically incest. You can't do that. It was just kind of another funny little postscript in her life. Dude, back in the day, things were so weird. Yeah. Like, there was so much, <clears throat> you know, uh, like you look at the royal family and stuff. There was so much incest and like arranged marriages and just. How far? Weird. My question to you is how far do you think your partner would go? to avenge you being split in half by two trees intentionally. Uh, I think Sid would be more upset that the trees were hurt. Big green thumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think she would, uh, I think she'd uh, mess somebody up pretty good. I know I would, I would pure rage. Pure rage. Talked about this with my partner and I just said, I really pity the person who gets the strongly worded letter that you would write. <laughs> Be really. Dear really sir pithy. or madam. <laughs> <laughs> my little Matthew was very important to me. <laughs> How dare you split him in half? I need to write. I want to write this letter. Actually, you should. <clears throat> maybe, <laughs> maybe for the next episode, we'll we'll read out your death <laughs> notice from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> to whom it may concern, she is, she is kind. I, <laughs> my special I'll little sell, like, guy. Short. She is kind of a fiery nut job, but uh, <laughs> when she wants to be, it happens. Oh my god, dude. That's crazy. That was kind of a short one. A bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not complaining. It was interesting. But I also think, like, back in the day, 30. there's not much. Like, there's not much to really research other than what is just the. It's probably like an oral story that was eventually written down. Well, I mean, in that's in the ninth century. There was language and written language at the time. Yeah, but I mean, lots of probably it. how much of that actually survived. Like when you look at something like, I don't know, how many different. Sure, uh, yeah, there, there is obviously there's a lot of fuzziness in the story. We don't even yeah. know when this lady was born. We, we know when she died, it was 960, but uh, nobody knows when she was born. That's crazy. We know roughly when they know when her son was born. So there's kind of like a. Okay, well, how old do you think she was when she, you know, gave birth to this kid? I don't know. Huh. Well, what do you know? Yeah, pretty wild, but that's a... I give it to her. She, that's a strong lady. That is a strong lady. <laughs> I definitely want to write this letter. I might have to hurry up with Kev's closing fact just so I can sit down. I'm going to get one of those, like, fountain pens, too. And I'm gonna, a feather on and it. And I'm going to write it by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to get into character. Oh, absolutely. How dare you hurt my special little guy. <laughs> my special little fella. <laughs> he never hurt anybody. He couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that little. No, but to me you are. just want to say... In, for the- in my heart, listener. you're my special little guy. I've said that for a long time. That's one of my one of my nicknames for you. 
I'm very average in size. Yeah. I'm slightly small. Yeah, like you're, you're on slightly the small, small, to average. small side of average. Small side but of average. I'm on the large side of large. So, <laughs> like to me, you're, you're my, on the small side of large. Well, you're my special little fella. And I'll stand by that. I, hey, you know what? With you in my corner, Big Papa. <laughs> Never call me Big Papa. That's just weird. Ah, sorry, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> hey, listen, we got. Some- oh, I do want to. I do oh, want to yeah. tell a quick story. Okay, let me about- let me do it first. Because I was going to okay. say we have a little bit of time to fill, and you, and you called me dad. <laughs> what's with what's with the like Pornhub thing with the the siblings and the dad oh, and the yeah, daddy I thing? I'm I just like it. I don't get it. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Hey, if you're out there, whatever, but. I don't get it. And it's a thing now. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. don't ever call me daddy. That's fucking weird. It's weird. That's weird. It is weird. Yeah. I just wanted it's to gonna say be weird. <laughs> make make I, your I, awkward segue. Yeah. I, a 39-year-old man, uh, went up to, to a cottage a few weeks ago with another group of adults, men, women, responsible adults and we wound up at one point drinking a 40 of Jägermeister out of the bottle just passing it around which is not a good coronavirus uh, <laughs> no. even, even in this day we drank that thing in about 25 minutes oh, but the, the worst part of it was that my my parents were up at the cottage too and my parents are super cool it's a it's wonderful uh, at one, they walked in while we were right in the middle of doing this. And somebody passed the bottle to my dad, and he took a huge hit off it. Yeah, he and would. I was very absolutely. I was he very would. proud of my dad in that moment. Uh buddy, your dad's yep. fantastic. He is. It was a good. It was a good time. <clears throat> I like your folks. And they have lined my pockets with so much money for being your friend <laughs> over the last twenty years. <laughs> like two thirds of my down payment was from your pops. They don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> they really want the best for you, and I was the best they could find. <laughs> just, just keep humoring them. Here's another twenty. It's like visiting your grandparents, and they'd slide you the twenty. <laughs> this is uh, a <clears throat> this is a joke for two people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to close in fact then. I do. Give it to me. Suck it to me. I find this, uh, this, I found this book here. I'm going to show it to you. It's called The Ultimate Book of Useless Information. Okay. Fantastic. You just held it up to the camera. And there's so, so much quick. Glare. I don't know what the purpose of showing it to me was. Just, other than to confirm that it is a book. Would you just look at it? Anyhow. Yes. I read this fact in there, and it got me thinking about bees. Okay. And monarchs, and all the things that are allegedly becoming extinct. Okay. 80% of the world's food crop is pollinated by insects. Yeah. 80%. We need pollinators pretty badly. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. A pretty important part of the uh, food chain, more important than you or I. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, my lovely lady there, she has studied this stuff, um, you know, in university and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, without them, we're fucked. So if you're out there, if you're listening, plant a couple Near plants. Bee. Let your weeds grow. Don't yeah. you know, don't cut your lawn till June at least. Right, yeah. Wait in a garden. Wait to rake and cut your lawn. Do all those things. Eighty percent of our food. Insects. Mm-hmm. And also most bees don't don't live in hives, from what I understand. They live on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So scary shit, man. Scary, scary be- stuff. Leave those dandelions. The bees love them. Absolutely. I think. Uh, yeah, I think they like anything, you know, except for stupid, obnoxious suburban lawns. They don't like deet. (laughs) Okay, let's just wrap this up. (laughs) Nice to be back, but it's good to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) Play me out, Johnny. Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs>